Hey, good morning. Welcome to all of you who live in the great state of Florida. You're listening to The Stand Podcast, a podcast where we discuss issues and politics that affect you and I, citizens of Florida at the county level. My name is Chance Jamire, and I'm your host. So don't hit that stop button, stay tuned, and we'll be right back with you. Good morning. Welcome to those out there that are listening to The Stand Podcast, a podcast where we talk about things that are happening here in the state of Florida and in the counties of Florida. This morning, we have with us Sean Haston, a firefighter, a parent out of Pasco County. Good morning, Sean. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm doing well. Just got off a uh duty this morning and um excited to uh, talk with you today tell us a little bit about yourself sean yeah so um i live in pasco county i have a wife and i have two young kids um my oldest just turned 11 and my little one is seven uh I've been a professional firefighter paramedic for 19 and a half years and also just finished grad school to become a family practitioner. Um, And in my free time, I like to hang out with the family on the water. I came across your story here uh, about a week ago about a, a mural I believe uh, on the wall of your of your daughter's uh, school. Uh, if you could start from the beginning and tell us tell us about that, uh, let it. What what's the full story on that? Okay, yeah. So um, let let me start from the beginning. Actually, um, when uh, COVID was uh, really popping off. Um, I went to the uh, Pasco County School Board and I spoke out against unconstitutional mandates uh, as far as masking our children and quarantining our kids with just exposures and things like that. Um, you know, with my medical background of almost 20 years, I went there and just brought straight data, you know, left the motion at home and presented it to the board. Um, after my presentation, um, I was actually speaking with some other parents in the Pasco County school system. And, you know, they made me aware of a group called the Pasco Watch. And they explained to me the Pasco Watch was just about keeping the school board and administration uh, accountable based on their curriculum and basically anything that might be um seen as inappropriate that takes place in the uh, school system. So I'm I'm familiar with Pasco watch. I'm actually a part of that group and you've got some great admins down there. 
I'm pretty excited that uh, there are citizens that are standing up and speaking truth to power, and uh, that that is uh, that is a good a good group to be in. If you're a part of Pasco County, I definitely uh, encourage people to go over there and check that out. Yeah, so um, you know, in the Pasco Watch group, uh, one of the members made me aware of a mural that was actually on the wall over at Pineview Middle School. Um, the mural was about an eight foot uh, painting of a little girl who is uh, wearing a sundress, but she has on a World War II style gas mask with a horn on it, holding a sign that says, hate has no home here. Um, I found the mural to be very bizarre, dark and sinister. And uh, when I found out it was at Pineview Middle School, I took a, you know, definitely um, an exceptional uh, interest in that, being that my son, Dylan, will be attending Pineview Middle School next year. Um, Not only the mural, but also I was made aware of a yearbook uh, that went out last year. And in the yearbook, it was... uh, it was an LGBTQ um, highlight of three or four kids, which let me be, uh, you know, clear. I have nothing against LGBTQ. Uh, I believe everybody has the right to be who they are. But I also don't believe that schools should be um, talking about children's sexuality. And when I meet, when I say that, it wasn't just the fact of their LGBTQ, but they went into specific detail on the children's sexual preferences. Uh, I'll give you an example. It said child A is um, bisexual. And then it would talk about, you know, some of the things that they didn't enjoy to do and stuff, you know, sports, recreation, that kind of thing. Child B is transgender. And then the same thing, a little description. Child C is pansexual, and they really like to educate the public on the LGBTQ lifestyle. Um, I found that to be very disturbing um, to be in a in a child's uh, yearbook, something that's going to follow them for the rest of their life. And in my opinion, a 10, 11 year old cannot make a conscious decision on their sexuality at that point. So with those two major things that I was made aware of, um, I decided to um, go along on a tour that was scheduled with other parents. You know, they they kind of reached out to the principal, told him we had some concerns and she scheduled an appointment for us. Did you contact the principal before you went on this uh, uh, this tour? I did not. Um, I've actually never had any contact, any communication whatsoever with the principal. Before we before we go any farther into this discussion, uh, as you're aware, I'm sure imagery has been used as propaganda for hundreds upon thousands of years, possibly even ten thousand years or, or greater. Imagery was used even even before writing. If if you if you were not familiar with the Pasco County school system uh, and you were an outsider and you came into this middle school and you looked at that image, uh, uh, what what would you take away from the image? Uh, after you after you share that, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I what I walk away from uh, looking at the image. 
Okay, so um, I'm glad you asked me that. I've been asked that question a few times on other podcasts and by family and friends. But, you know, my answer is the same. There's three options that that picture can portray. And first would be you're getting ready for a nuclear attack. You know, it looks like the mass that they used to pass out during the Cold War to, uh, you know, to children. Um, the second possibility is you're getting ready to get gassed in some type of uh, protest, um, which we've seen people wearing gas masks, things like that. And then the last thing would be that there's a biological agent that is worse than COVID that might be, you know, encroaching on you. Um, there's nothing about that mural that says, have a great day learning today. There's nothing that says, you know, today is going to be a beautiful day. It's dark, it's sinister, and I found it to be appalling and disgusting. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, th- when, I, when I looked at the image and I thought about it, uh, th- this is what I walked away from. Anything on the other side of that mask is poisonous. Anything outside of that mask is hate, because if you take the title that's on the image, it says hate has no place here. So that that mask is filtering out anything that exists beyond the mask. So uh, anything that like if you if you consider uh, the the plan of the community uh, that is coming against what we have come to know as modern day America. Uh, anything that rests outside of that is is poison, and we need to filter it out and send the image because they're there's they're they're projecting something here. That that image that was on the wall was not just some innocuous image that was there uh, with, with no purpose. It definitely had a purpose, and whoever put it there. Did you ever find out who painted that? Uh, no, but what we did find out is that um, the mural was actually plagiarized from an artist over in Germany. So somebody found it in online or on a book and recreated it without permission of the artist. Did you look into the background of the artist? Uh, I did not, but the last podcast I was on did, and she told me that it came out of, like I said, 1941 Germany, and it was a propaganda piece. Yeah, there you go. And they want to inject that into our school system here in Florida. Uh, so, so as you scheduled the uh, the interview with the principal, carry us carry us forward from that point. All right. Yeah. So, um, first of all, I cleared my schedule because I wasn't going to miss this tour. Um, when we showed up at the middle school, it was supposed to start at three 30. We got there about three 15. It was myself and a couple other parents. They left us out in the 90 degree weather till exactly three 30. And then when they did let us in the door, they immediately started, uh, scolding us and interrogating us with, um, rules and regulations that we had to follow on the tour. Um, being do not remove your phone from your pocket. There's no photography, there's no audio, and there's no visual recording that's allowed on the tour. Um, that we are also there to talk about murals and murals only. Who was doing the talking primarily? This was uh, Principal Jennifer Warren. 
Uh, was did she have anybody with her? Yes. So on the tour, there was uh, Jennifer Warren. There was a vice principal. I apologize. I don't know her name. Um, she really didn't have much contact or anything to do with that day other than walking. Um, she, you know, she wasn't very uh, biased like there are other people that were present. Um, also, there was the PIO of Pasco County Schools, Stephen Hegarty. And there was also the artist of all the murals in the school, except for the mural that was in question. So the next so, thing, um, sorry about that. So the next thing that was, uh, we were told to do was to provide our driver's license and our children's names. So all of us that had kids going to school there or in the district two school system and my child was going there next year, uh, we provided our um, children's names and our driver's license. And we were given uh, passports to put on our chest that gave us uh, access as a visitor. Did they copy your driver's license? Uh, I'm not really sure. They took my license and brought it over behind a computer. But they typed something in and they gave us a, uh, like I said, a uh, passport. So how did it progress after after you guys had given that information? Uh, from that point, it was blatantly obvious that we weren't welcome there. Um, you know, it was no, how are you doing? I'm glad you can come in today. It was basically, I, I really don't want you to be here. And... Uh, you know, I'm just doing this because I have to type thing. Uh, immediately as the tour progressed, they took us to all the murals. Um, there was really no murals that were um, really to question. But, you know, being that the tour was there, the artist was there, I still asked some questions. Uh, we came up on a mural of a dinosaur with a rope around their neck. And I asked the artist, I said, hey, what was your inspiration on this? It was a dinosaur with a rope and a kid like pulling the rope. And her answer was, it's art. It's whatever you want it to be. And mm. throughout the tour, it was kind of the same thing. If you had any questions, it was, why are you asking this? And very short, precise, but beat around the bush answers, if that makes sense. Were there children roaming around while they were, while they were talking to you guys? Uh, there was a few. It was, uh, you know, there was after school activities going on, like cheerleading and things like that. Um, you sure. know, one of the moms asked why we couldn't record or take pictures. And they said it was the safety of the children. And she goes, well, what if. Uh, exactly. So she goes, well, what if my kids are at an after school function? I'm not allowed to record them. And Jennifer Warren said, you can only record your child, not other people's children. And she said that even if it was in the middle of a basketball game. So we knew that that wasn't really legit. So uh, everything pretty much uh, progressed from that point forward. I mean, you guys left. There really was no no indication of any future problems. Dude, basically, you just felt you ran into a hostile uh, hostile administration uh, that that uh, was was doing what they felt they they had to do to stay out of trouble, and uh, that that was that was pretty much end of the whole experience. Well, actually, there's another part that's important in the story. Um, we were walking down one of the hallways. I noticed a sticker on a door that had an LGBTQ flag, and it said safe place. 
So I asked Principal Warren, I go, can you explain to me what a safe place is? And she goes, why? I said, because I'm not familiar with a safe place. I just want to know what it is. She goes, I'm not going to answer that. I said, why not? She goes, if you want to know the answer, ask the mother down the hall because she knows everything. And I said, with all due respect, I don't know the mother down the hall, but I do know that you're the principal at school. And I'm asking you a simple question. What is a safe space? And she looked at me and said, I refuse to answer that question. I can see by uh, talking with you about this, this still gets under your skin a bit, uh, recalling this. Uh, you would think going into a, a administration uh, like this, a, a paid professional, that, that you would be able to get uh, at least a professional response. And this response is far, far from a uh, professional uh, response. Imagine yeah, being I, a 20 year firefighter. Uh, most all firefighters I know are extremely professional and extremely nice guys. So I can't imagine you going in there and being uh, uh, mean, rude, unprofessional. I, I just I just can't. I have a hard time envisioning that uh, you were you are that type of person. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm very professional. And even if something I don't agree with, I still treat people with respect. One of the main things that I like is dialogue. You know, I don't agree with everything and people don't agree with me on everything. But what I do like is to have a peaceful dialogue and come to a understanding what's the problem, you know, but that wasn't afforded to us whatsoever. Um, also during the tour, um, I wear a charm around my neck that has a Maltese cross that my wife gave me about 15 years ago. And uh, Stephen Haggerty asked me about it. And he said, what department do you work at? And I said, I work at Hillsborough. And he then asked me, do you know so-and-so? And I said, well, I've met him in passing, but I don't really know them per se. And uh, <clears throat> so... Uh, I could tell that he was kind of baiting me to try to figure out where I worked at. That's kind of how I felt after everything. Um, so the tour ended right after that and we went into the office and principal Warren then, um, kind of sarcastically thanked us for coming. And I said, principal Warren, I said, you know, you had a real opportunity today to be transparent with a group of parents who had some concerns. I said, you did the exact opposite of that. I said, you didn't answer any questions. You didn't open any classrooms. Um, you rushed us through the tour. And now we're leaving with more questions than answers. And she looked at me and laughed and said, I'll take that into consideration for next time. Uh, I don't know what to say about this. This is crazy. So so you uh, you left and that I, I, this wasn't the last that you uh, that you heard uh, from this experience. Correct. Correct. I thought it was when I left. I thought, you know, actually, we got out front and I said, man, that did not go the way I was hoping it would. I said, I've never been disrespected by a. Uh, official like that in my entire life. I mean, she's the principal of the school and we all kind of agreed about that. And I was, I was very angry about it, but you know, I made a decision, a conscious decision that I was going to wait 72 hours before I sent her an email or emailed uh, the superintendent about how we were treated. 
you know, almost like when you buy a firearm, a, a cool off period. You know, I didn't want to say anything when I was hot or irritated. So I was going to give it 72 hours. But unfortunately, it didn't make it 72 hours. The next day, I was uh, working in the clinic as a practitioner. And by the way, this was my second day ever as a practitioner. I just graduated grad school and just started a new job. And uh, I get a call from uh, a union official that I needed to call him as soon as possible. So I was in the clinic. The clinic was packed with patients. I excused myself outside and I called him. And surprisingly, he asked me how the tour went at the school. And I said, not good, but how do you know about the tour? And then he told me that Principal Warren called the fire department and made a <laughs> against me, followed by three allegations. One, that I made an unauthorized entry into an elementary school. Two, that I was hostile towards school officials. And three, that I was actually trespassed by the sheriff's office. Which are all false. Every one of those is false. Has any uh, has any reports been filed to the superintendent of schools uh, in regards to uh, this teacher? Uh, can you censure a teacher? Is that an option? Uh, well, the thing is with, uh, like I said, I was waiting a few days. One of the other parents did not wait, and she sent an email with how upset she was about the situation to uh, – Kurt Browning, the superintendent, and he sent a reply back that honestly blew me away. It said everything on the tour went as it was expected to go and that there was no time that she was rude or condescending. I'm paraphrasing this email. I'm not reading it directly, but that's basically what he said. And then he said that he uh, talked to Stephen Haggerty and Haggerty collaborated Miss Warren's story and everything went as it was supposed to, and there will be no more tours. Oh, really? So the parent, the parents just—they just—they don't have the right to come into the school. So that that parent-teacher relationship, uh, as far as Pasco County is concerned, as far as that school is concerned, you might as well say that just doesn't exist anymore. Would would that be fair to say? Uh, it would be fair to say, based on what he said, but unfortunately. The policy of Pasco County Schools 5180 says that visitors um, are not only allowed to visit schools, but are encouraged to visit schools. And it said that um, as long as you provide a driver's license and that you don't cause any problems while you're on there. And if and if you do while you're visiting, then you could be removed. Those that were visiting with you, have any of them filed any kind of, say, witness statement or any kind of summary of their visit with you? Yes, actually, I've had two people write statements um, in my defense, um, being that those allegations were made to my employer. Within one day, I was notified that I needed to write a statement and that I would be having a formal investigation at my job. After doing some reading, it's my understanding that Governor DeSantis's office has reached out to you. How can, or do you care to elaborate on that uh, on that conversation? Uh, I can't really elaborate too much on it. All I can say is that Governor DeSantis is aware of the situation. 
as is Manny Diaz Jr., who is the commissioner of the Department of Education. Um, he requested some um, facts and details on what took place. I provided that and I have not had any return dialogue with the commissioner. I think your offer of uh, going to Tallahassee, I think that's a good office offer when uh, when I'm dealing with situations like this. Um, I like to look a person in their eye when I'm talking to them, because when you're dealing with text and emails and things like that, it's uh, difficult to uh, to read tone. Uh, it can all, you can oftentimes misread someone by their choice of words and then get yourself in a whole mess after that. So, uh, yeah, I think. I think uh, taking a moment to uh, uh, time off to go to Tallahassee and look at somebody and say, hey, look, uh, this is a serious situation to me. I'm talking about my daughter. I'm talking about my person. I feel like my integrity was uh, challenged. I've, I've always been a man of integrity. And to come into a situation like that with someone that has a different ideology than I have and basically make me feel unwelcome, make me feel like uh, my personal beliefs are uh, off kilter or whatever the case may be. That's not how we do things in this country. The, we, what we do, the best we do is we try uh, to honor other people's values and intentions. Uh, and uh, if we have a difference of opinion, then that's okay too. But we try and part ways uh, the best we can uh, in an amicable fashion and uh, continue on with life. Agreed. Um, you know, at no point did uh, Jennifer Warren consider what um, consequences could come from a phone call to my employer with false allegations. Again, um, I was subject to a formal investigation where the outcomes were uh, a few options. One, that I wasn't found to do anything wrong, but from there um, could have been a suspension without pay, a demotion, and even termination. Um, so that is, to me, the most egregious part of the whole story that she was a uh, you know, it was retaliation. Um, her mural got painted over because of, you know, what Pasco Watch did. And that that mural being painted over, I believe, is what drove her to re uh, retaliate against me, even though I wasn't directly responsible for the mural being painted over. But, you know, I really do also believe that there's a much deep-seated problem than Jennifer Warren. And I believe that comes from the government itself for the Attorney General Garland to address the FBI to consider parents who are concerned as uh, domestic terrorists and as threats. I think that has given the school board and school officials this, like, a uh, false sense of security that they can mistreat parents however they want to at this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I would encourage you, uh, you know, I had a, uh, uh, I did another interview here a, a couple times back and we got into a discussion, a discussion about Bernhard Rust, who was the minister of education for Adolf Hitler. 
I would encourage you to uh, look him up and uh, look at some of the tactics he employed when he was uh, uh, responsible for the education of the children of Germany. Uh, I think you'll be shocked to find there are some striking similarities uh, with what was going on then versus what's going on now. Yeah, definitely check that out. I mean, I'm a little bit uh, familiar with that person and their tactics, but I haven't done a deep dive into it. Yeah, and uh, also would encourage you too. there's a code of ethics for uh, educators for the state of Florida. It's on the Department of Education website. You can go there and uh, check that out and also use that as a tool. I think it's uh, Section 1A that talks about treating everyone equally and giving them all the same opportunity. Yeah, for sure. So, Sean, uh, for those that are out there that uh, maybe find themselves in the same situation as you, maybe they're afraid to uh, afraid to get involved. Maybe they don't feel they have the talents that you have, or uh, they don't speak well, or they don't write well. One of the things uh, for the Stand Podcast is we are. Uh, we're trying to get citizens across Florida to stand up and speak out uh, to those that are in power and and uh, stop being pushed around. You know, the conservative voice in the state of Florida, we because the majority of us are Christians, uh, we're, we try and be peaceful people. Uh, we've done that for a long time, and we have uh, powerful voices that are coming in that are trying to push us around. What would you say to those uh, citizens uh, that find themselves in a similar situation like you? Well, first of all, I would say is, um, you know, we're the parents. Those are our children. They're our responsibility. And the government has no say in what we do with our kids. But we certainly have a say in what the government does with our kids. And I want to remind everyone that's listening today that those people that fill those seats They don't own those seats. We own those seats. We decide who fills those seats and for how long they stay in those seats. We actually have all the power. And what we need to do is we need to unite as parents and we need to start demanding that they leave our kids alone when it comes to this kind of uh, ideology and things like that. We need to not only go to school boards, and voice our opinions, but we need to be the school board. We need to put our people on the board that will represent us the best. We need to stop electing people that really have no concern for our children. And we also need to realize that, you know, you might feel like you're alone in this, but there are so many people that feel the same way who are afraid to speak up. And they, you know, they have a good reason to be afraid. Look what they do to you when you speak up. Look what they did to me. They tried to destroy my 20-year reputation and my career, the way I feed my family, the way I uh, pay my mortgage, my whole retirement, all because I stood up against a radical um, ideology and uh, a group of people that you know feel like they can run um, reckless over parents. So I would say get involved, one, on you know, local levels, including school board meetings and, um, you know, groups like the parent uh, Pasco Watch, 
I can't tell you how beneficial the Pasco watch is. You know, the, the admin on the Pasco watch is phenomenal. Everybody has a different gift. Some people are good at research. Some people are good at, um, you know, requesting uh, records. Some people are good at talking, you know, things like that. But the, the, we, we all have a goal and the goal is, you know, we come together and we try to make the best learning experience possible for our children. I might just add this. I don't know if you knew it or not, but I'm the founder of Recall Florida. And then we've been uh, we've been in action for almost three years. We're going into our third uh, session uh, in 2023. And on several occasions, the 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 idea of creating recall for school board members has come up. How do you feel about that? You know what? I think there should be a recall option on any position. If you're elected to a position and you're not doing the job that you were supposed to do, there should be an opportunity to recall you. I, I agree. Uh, the, in uh, 1968, the Florida legislature uh, created uh, the concept of recall for charter counties and uh, municipalities. Uh, Florida Statute 100.361 goes into uh, great detail about that recall and things that an individual can be recalled for. So it's an existing law, uh, the recall uh, for school board members after we talked to our legislator would require a separate bill uh, uh, and a separate sponsor from the recall for county commissioners and uh, uh, possibly the five constitutional officers. It would require a separate bill because it deals with a separate part of the Florida Constitution. So... I will give you advance notice if you know anybody or if anybody decides they want to bite off that chunk. It is a chunk that will take a lot out of you. So if you decide to go that route, you better put your boots on and you better get ready for a fight because you're going to be going up against the National Education Administration and all of their lobbyists. And uh, you, you, it's going to be a war if you decide to do that. So, uh, But I think it is a, a worthwhile uh, worthwhile cause. I believe uh, our elected officials govern according to our consent and uh, when they lose that consent uh, because of their uh, actions of malfeasance or misfeasance or neglect of duty. Uh, those are just three of the recallable offenses. When they cross that line, I think as, as a people, uh, we the people, I think we should have a right to recall them. I, I agree a hundred percent with that. Um, I don't know if you have a uh, listening audience in the Pinellas County area, but if you do, I would like to strongly recommend Stephanie Meyer and Don Peters for their school board. They're up, uh, you know, they won their um, primaries and they're up for election coming up here in November. And also Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna. She is also a champion for children. And uh, I noticed you said earlier you were talking about um, you were doing a podcast about uh, child trafficking. Anna Paul Luna, Paulina Luna, she is also a huge champion against uh, child trafficking. Matter of fact, that's how I met her. Me and her were standing side by side. 
um, holding signs in protest to trafficking. We both support the uh, group um, under uh, Operation Underground Railroad, which is a um, <clears throat> it's an organization that actually sends ex-military and special forces to actually rescue children who have been trafficked. And not only do they do that, but they also will uh, provide them counseling for as long as they need and a safe house for as long as they need. And this is actually a worldwide organization. Yeah, I have them on my Facebook, so I follow them whenever they post Sean, thank you so much for uh, speaking with us this morning. I know you're probably tired looking at your pillow, thinking, uh, well, that looks yeah. really comfortable. So uh, I'm going to disconnect. Can I make one sure. more plug? Sure. Yeah, so, you know, I'm just a blue-collar guy. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I had just started working as a practitioner. It was my second day. Well, the pressure of all this going on, I had to, I had no choice but to resign from my practitioner job. Um, so I do have legal fees and, uh, I have an attorney, uh, John O'Brien out of New York city who represents, uh, parents, um, all across the country who have been, who have had their uh, First Amendment um, rights violated. And uh, I would like to give you an opportunity to help me with my legal fees. Um, the address is givesendgo.com slash fight for parental freedom. And also, if you would, uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, yeah, no worries. Um, also, if you would follow me along at Sean C. Hay at Facebook and Sean C. Hay at Instagram. And I thank you for having me on the show. And uh, we've got to keep fighting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I appreciate you putting that out there. And all of you that have uh, just a couple of dollars and you can help Sean out in his uh his his fight for make it, making this issue right. It's important for each and every one of us. What Sean said is, I'm just a blue-collar worker, and that's the purpose of the Stand podcast. You don't have to be a CEO. You don't have to be a president. You don't have to own a business that employs 25, 50, 100 people. You just, it's just us, and we got to stand up. We got to take back our counties, and we got to take back our schools. It, it's on our it's on our shoulders. This is our baby. We got to take care of it. So, Sean, uh, have a great day. Have a good sleep, uh, and if you'll stand by for just a second, uh, appreciate yeah, you joining sure. us. Yeah, yes, sir. Have a good day. All right.